fake phone calls. You know, like we used to do in high school. Deception. Hillary blames Republicans for the heat and a Marine, a president, and a shameful act. That and more coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Ah, hey, it's Wednesday. Hey, hit that follow button. It's right here. Very easy. Just click. That's all you got to do. We're trying to get to 100. I know there are people with millions of followers. I got a few little humble audience, and I love every single one of you. Thank you so much for hitting that follow button. It really does mean a lot. Cost you nothing, and uh, it, it helps the show a lot. So please, if you wouldn't mind, just take a second and use your pointer or your thumb or whatever it is and click on that follow button over there. That noise you just heard was our favorite little girl. Miko, <laughs> it's time to get you updated on what is happening in her life, the Miko Update. We do that every show, and this is her, just being blur, and that's exactly the title I gave it, blur. For some reason, she loves laying on her back. I think it just keeps her cool, but this is how she spends 80% of her time, laying on the floor, butt to the air, and, oh, man, she's just so adorable. I just got some new pictures. Uh, I, I'll post them later on my Facebook account. But um, she was she was being extremely cute tonight, and we'll have those for you coming up. But, uh, yeah, that's her. She's doing great. Had a couple of good walks today, and uh, she got out and about and around and met some new friends, too. Another new uh, la uh, golden retriever, so. Our BarkBox, our Miko update is brought to you by BarkBox, BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. It's a site you go to and you sign up for a box of treats that gets delivered to your door every single month. A brand new theme, new toys, new treats, new dog chew every month, two toys, two all-natural treats, bags of treats, and an all-natural dog chew. It's great stuff, folks. I guarantee your dog will love them, and that's because they have a 100% happiness guarantee. If your dog is ever not happy with anything or you, you just get a hold of customer service. They'll make it right. 100% guarantee. Totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your pup every month delivered right to your door. Just use our special link to get a special deal BarkBox.com slash Miko is the site. And the link, of course, as always, is in our show notes. All right. Are you ready for the mess? <laughs> it is a mess, too. Oh, man, putting this show together today, I thought, you know, this this is all over the place. But if there's one thing, one theme that covers everything that we're talking about, it's deception. And that seems to be the buzzword of the day these days. Uh, this from the New York Post, Hunter Biden set to plead guilty to tax charges as their lawyers try to pull a dirty trick ahead of the court appearance. Look, you remember, tell me you didn't do this. Oh, please. When you were in high school, probably, making fake phone calls, pretending to be somebody else, of course you did. It's a high school thing. Everybody did it. 
Well, first son Hunter Biden's legal team apparently likes those high school tricks. They tried to pull a dirty one Tuesday, yesterday, to block the release of some rather damning evidence ahead of its expected uh, guilty plea to federal charges on tax evasion and weapons crimes. The drama began in the morning when White, uh, the House Ways and Means Committee filed an amicus brief to Delaware U.S. District Court Judge Norica, arguing that the 53-year-old had benefited, benefited from political interference, which calls into question the propriety of the investigation into alleged crimes, including money laundering, felony tax evasion, failure to register as a foreign agent, well, the filings included testimony from two IRS witnesses. You've probably heard this story before. We've even covered it before. Well, what happened next was outlined in a letter sent to the judge Tuesday afternoon by the committee's top lawyer, Theodore Katilla. At approximately 1.30 p.m., we received word that our filing was removed from the docket. We promptly contacted the clerk's office and we were advised that someone contacted the court representing that they worked with my office. This is the guy talking. And that they were asked, asking the court to remove this from the docket. We immediately advised this was inaccurate the clerk's office responded that he would need to refile, and we have done so now. <laughs> Hi, Ted. Following up on our recent telephone conversation, the woman who called was a Jessica Bengals, confirmed court official Samantha Grimes. She said she worked with Theodore Ctilla, and it was important the document was removed immediately or they could file a motion to seal. I do deeply apologize to the con for the confusion on our part. Bengal is the director of litigation services at the New York-based law firm of Latham & Watkins, where Hunter Biden's attorney, former partner, Chris Clark. When Catilla confronted the First Son's legal team, Hunter's attorney tried to claim the filing contained confidential tax and identifying information, even though the whistleblower testimony has been public for more than a month. The timestamps from the emails also indicate the request to take the document down was made after Katila refused a request to file the testimony under seal, so it couldn't be seen. He says, as far as I'm aware, the managing attorney from Latham called, you got to follow along with the names here, otherwise you get confusing, called the clerk's office to note that personal tax information in the defendant, uh, of the defendant had been filed in a non-redacted manner and to inquire regarding having the information sealed. We told you we would, and as you said, you understand, Clark wrote. As far as I'm aware, the clerk took the filing down on their own accord. Your attempts to publicly file my client's personal financial information with no protection are improper, illegal, 
and in violation of applicable rules. You should probably step back your statements, Catilla warned. The clerk's office advised that it was represented to her. The request was being made by my firm. We will be advising Judge Norita of this improper conduct. And the judge, in this case, has given Biden's uh, legal team a very short amount of time to explain exactly what the hell they were up to. Because it is a mess. The judge, in fact, is threatening sanctions. This from Just the News, John Solomon's site. Is threatening sanctions against the legal team from Biden because uh, for allegedly misleading the clerk, uh, court clerk. I don't know. There, there's no, been no update. I've been following this story today. But so far, he, the judge has threatened sanctions against their legal team because they called and pretended to be somebody they weren't. Frightening. Frightening. And, uh, oh, here it is. He gave the first son's attorneys until 9 p.m. to show cause as to why sanctions should not be considered for misrepresenting the court. Good on you. We will follow that story. We will let you know what's going on because it is a mess. And it's only going to get messier. Guarantee. All right. Hey, got to tell you about an amazing coffee company, and that is one of our sponsors here. They uh, beg your patience for just a minute while we tell you about Blackout Coffee because they help to sponsor the show, and they make an incredibly good cup of coffee. The owner of this company cares about two things, making a damn good cup of coffee and our good old American values. The best fresh roasted coffee, and it's all done in-house. There's even a Dan Bongino blend. So if you, like me, are a big fan of the Bond, you can uh, you can get yourself a Dan Bongino blend of blackout coffee. They source premium-grade green coffee beans, specialty coffees grown at the perfect altitude, correct time of year, best soil, harvested at just the right time. Uh, they work with local co-ops and farmers. These are American uh, co-ops, American farmers, because this company supports all that is good about America, our conservative values, family, honesty, American values. They've roasted, packed, and shipped with lightning speed, usually 24 to 48 hours. This means you get the beans just days after they're roasted. The combination of their premium coffee beans, highly controlled roasting process, and immediate shipping gives you an elite coffee experience. In addition to getting the most amazing cup of coffee, you also will be helping to support a company that supports our troops, our first responders, and is all about our values as Americans. There, I'm personally proud to recommend Blackout Coffee from Dan Bongino. Well, from Jay Sheldon, I am also personally proud to recommend Blackout Coffee. It is amazing. And if you use the link in our show notes, top link there, you'll get an incredible deal. Plus our promo code at checkout, J20, J-A-Y-20. Use that at checkout for 20% off your first order. That is a hell of a deal. 20% off your first order at checkout with the promo code J20, J-A-Y-20. 
And guess what? Perfect timing. I just got my brand new coffee mug with our logo on it. There you go. Check that out. Very nice. It's got our sub logo on the back. This is sweet. Really nice. If you want to get one, the link is in our, I know it's kind of tough to, there you go. Kind of tough to see, but the printing is great. They're very well made. And they've got, we got t-shirts, hoodies, uh, all kinds of cool stuff at uh, the Jay Sheldon merch site, including this, our Jay Sheldon mug full of blackout coffee. Can't go wrong. All right, check it out. Blackout Coffee links in our show notes. And also in our show notes, of course, is the link to our Jay Sheldon merchandise. Check that out if you can. Buy something, would you? All right, Pfizer new. Pfizer new, there's no doubt about it. It has been released. It may not have been meant to be released, but this is the reason why they wanted these records sealed for 75 years. Yeah, this is incredibly difficult to read. So I put the link in our show notes. You can check it out. It's a, a tweet from Eric Spracklin. You should follow this guy. He's a great follow on Twitter. And uh, these, I don't know if you're going to be able to see this or not. It's very small, very difficult. But these are the certified Pfizer documents. And highlighted in here, I really can't make that any bigger. But um, hang on. Since April 2021 increased cases of myocarditis and pericarditis have been reported in the United States after mRNA COVID-19 vaccination. The pattern of cases confirm, as per the label, to a pattern of myocarditis, coma, cases existing in majority of young males below 29 years of age. They freaking knew. They knew. And yet they went ahead and not only provided this poison, but insisted you pump it in your arm when they knew. You heard about uh, the basketball player guy whose son just had a uh, stroke, car, a heart attack, cardiac arrest of some kind. He's recovered. He's doing well, thank God. But uh, there's the documents right there. They knew. They freaking knew, and yet they went ahead anyway. Somebody's head needs to roll. Probably several somebody's heads need to roll. This is criminal, folks. And the proof Right there. Right there. And what's going to be done about it? Oh, a big fat likely nothing. Unbelievable. Check out the link. Please check out the link. It is in our show notes. And it will tell you all you need to know about how these murderous criminals knew what they were injecting in our arms and what it was doing to us. Unbelievable. Hey, guess who's back in the news? You know, Obama, you know, the whole thing with his chef and everything, that's very cagey. There's questions need to be asked. But at the moment, we're still standing by and let the chips fall where they may to see what happens because there's still stuff going on there and some rather odd questions. And we will be covering that once things settle down and 
the rumor mill stops flowing so fast. Because right now there's so much crap out there, half of which is probably BS, that I, I just don't want to cover it because you don't know. Give it a few days, things will out. All right, Hillary Clinton, This speaking of criminals, she tweeted this today. Hot enough for you? Thank a MAGA Republican. Or better yet, vote them out of office. MAGA Republicans are pouring fuel on the climate crisis fire. (laughs) Unbelievable, this woman, that she has the balls mm, to even make a tweet like this. Says here, did you feel the same when campaigning on a Boeing 737? In the words of Greta, how dare you? (laughs) She's now blaming a climate crisis on MAGA Republicans. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Hillary, babe, criminal, disgusting human being. It's summertime. It's the middle to end of July. And if I'm not mistaken, am I right? It's right. It's summer. And in summer, what happens? Oh, yeah, it gets hot. Mm, It gets hot. Just thought I'd point that out for those of you who don't know. But uh, here's the article also in our show notes. Hillary Clinton literally blames Trump supporters for the summer heat. On Tuesday, yesterday, the twice-failed presidential candidate responded to a tweet from the Center for American Progress, which is an extreme left-wing think tank, blamed MAGA Republicans for the hot summer weather. (laughs) This is just laughable. How could anybody in their right mind even think to believe this for one second? It said uh, such Americans are pouring fuel on the climate crisis. The CAP's inability to distinguish between climate and the weather, uh, Clinton took their rhetoric and ran with it. There's the tweet we just showed you. Yes, most Americans are experiencing hot temperatures, but it's summer in the Northern Hemisphere and hot weather, last time I checked, is normal. But there are still some morons out there who are going to buy it, and so they're going to just keep on feeding it to you as long as you keep on buying it. We have had Joe Biden do a lot of disgusting things from allegedly sleep uh, showering with his daughter. You remember the time at the funeral where he looked at his watch, apparently bored of the process? Now a story has popped, which is, you know, I'm going to have to say this one pretty much takes the cake. This is incredibly bad. Outrage ensues. After family of Marine killed in Afghanistan withdrawal was forced to pay to transport her body 
back to the U.S. This is from redstate.com, links in our show notes. Unbelievable. With all that's happening, so much of it negative during the Biden administration, it's easy to forget just how bad our withdrawal from Afghanistan was. It's been a while now and people have forgotten, but please do not forget. Things fade, but the disaster that unfolded remains one of the lowest points, I think, in history, in American history. It was completely preventable. It was caused by one arrogant, egotistical man, and that only makes the situation more tragic. American troops oversaw the emergency evacuation of the remaining U.S. personnel which was only necessary because of the total collapse of the Afghan military. Suicide bombers targeted one of the entry gates to Kabul's main airport. The results? Horrific. Hundreds died, including 13 American servicemen. One of those service people was Sergeant Nicole L. Gee of the U.S. Marine Corps. Famously, she'd been photographed rescuing a young infant in the preceding days before the terrorist bombers took her life. That is the photograph right there. According to a new report, this is disgusting, I cannot believe I'm even reading this. Her family was forced to pay $60,000 to transport her body to Arlington National Cemetery after ceremonies were held in her hometown of Roseville, California. Representative Corey Mills, Republican from Florida, Army veteran, told Fox News Digital that during a meeting with the families of the fallen 13, he was enraged to learn the Department of Defense had placed a heavy financial burden on the family of Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole L. G., who were forced to find funding in the thousands to move her body to its final resting place at Arlington National Ceremony after her death in Afghanistan. The military covered the cost of bringing her body to California for the funeral. But that was all the government was required to pay because of a more recent provision within the National Defense Authorization Act that allows the DOD to deny paying further transportation costs. That left the family scrambling to find money to get their loved one to her final resting place at Arlington National Cemetery. Killed in action brought to her service in California, and then in order to get her to her final resting place, they charged the family $60,000. It's just beyond me. It is beyond me. You want more? I know, you're already pissed off. You want to get more pissed off? Take a look at this. A family, here's two headlines. Family forced to pay to ship body of Marine killed after Pentagon policy changed. There you go. 
Now look at the next headline. State Department funding drag theater performances in Ecuador to promote diversity and inclusion. The State Department awards a $20,600 grant for a cultural center in Ecuador to host 12 drag theater performances. And yet, Guy, Guy's family, winds up paying 60K to get her body where it rightfully belongs, Arlington National Cemetery. You people are disgusting. It's just, it's beyond me. In our show notes, at the bottom of in today's show, there is a link for you to contact your representatives. Please use it. Please, I'm begging you. You you hit that link, you put in your zip code or whatever, and it will show you who your representatives are and all their contact information, email, addresses, uh, phone numbers. Please use it. Please take five minutes out of your busy. I, look, I know you're busy. You got a life to lead. You got a family to take care of. But it is important, not only for the now, but for the future, that you take the time to get a hold of your reps and let them know that bullshit like this has to stop. It has to stop. All right, we're going to go across the pond for one. Check out this headline, the UK Ministry of Justice. You know, I love it because here and in the UK, we're a former British colony. In the UK, they call them the Ministry of this, that, and the other thing. Of course, George Orwell's 1984, which we are reading on this show, has the Ministry of Love, the Ministry of Hate, the Ministry of Truth. So when you see these headlines, it's just, I don't know, it just all clicks together, doesn't it? The UK Ministry of Justice is investing in social listening tools. You thought you didn't have any privacy before over there in England? Well, guess what? You got even less. You happy with that? Monitoring online conversations. They've decided to spend your taxpayer dollars in order to be able to use a monitoring tool whose job is to access people's conversations that might impact the ministry's reputation. Hmm. You can't speak bad of the ministry or they'll know about it and then who knows what they'll do. Uh, this decision itself certainly impacts their reputation, not in a positive way. It would be an interesting full circle if the makers of the software, Brandwatch, which is owned by Sisson, a PR outfit, allowed the MOJ, Ministry of Justice, to learn how linking or inking this three-year deal will impact its reputation. From what is known about the contract, things don't look so good. Just more outsourced good old mass surveillance carried out by your government and various departments and agencies. It is described as a social media online listening tool, and it will cost the MOJ 50,000 pounds 
per each of the three years of the deal. Nice chunk of change. The hope is it will allow the ministry to know about any of the millions of times people mention it online and what they say and who you are. And don't you think you're going on a list? <laughs> this article gets more interesting as it goes. Listen, check it out, read it, you people of the UK. You're next on the list, my friends. Sorry to have to tell you, but that's just the way it's going. Good luck with that. I don't have a way to contact your representatives. I've got the U.S. stuff. <clears throat> I don't have that for the uh, for the U.K., I should. Somebody send me. You know a way of getting a hold of whoever your representatives are? I don't know if there is a way, like the one for the U.S. It would be very helpful if we had one. I would be happy to post that if there is a central clearinghouse of that information. Let me know. Send me a PM, a message. You can write me, any, always write me for anything at show at jsheldon.com. Show, S-H-O-W at jsheldon.com. All right. Joe Biden, we're talking a lot about him tonight because he's a freaking idiot. He doesn't stop being an idiot, and every chance he knows he gets, he proves he's a complete bumbling, brain-dead moron. Amid multiple mental stumbles, just did one myself, oh no, Joe Biden has proclaimed he's ended cancer as we know it. idiot. He appeared on the White House's East Room Tuesday, yesterday, to promote a new initiative which will force insurance companies to cover mental health care at the same level physical health care is covered. Okay. He says, I'll tell you what, let me just let you listen to, to what, what he says. says. And there's still, we're still feeling the profound loss the pandemic, as I mentioned, we have over 100 people dead. That's 100 empty chairs around the kitchen table. 100 people dead from COVID. That's it. Just 100. Mm. How about this one? <laughs> Just sample after sample after sample, because the man is a complete freaking, freaking idiot, idiot. And, and this, this is, is all in one sitting. sitting. We've got to hold these platforms accountable for the national experiment they're conducting on, on our children for profit. Later this week, senators will debate legislation to protect kids' privacy online, which I've been calling for for two years. It matters. Pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it. <laughs> I really mean it. Think about it. What a freak. You ever get a chance to look at what your kids are looking at online? Did you ever get a chance to look at what... Your son, who isn't a kid anymore, is looking at online. And here's the best one of all. You really got to hear this one. I said I'd cure cancer. They looked at me like, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. That's why. And we can. We end cancer as we know it. Deliver on our sacred obligations to veterans was the second thing I think is it. We ended cancer as we know it? Did you actually just say that, you freaking moron? Yes, I didn't. That wasn't edited. He actually just said that. Oh, and by the way, in case you were wondering, we have not ended cancer. Okay, just, just to let you know. 
Okay. One or two more here, then we're going to get on with our book. This is... What are your pronouns? I don't care. Seriously, don't tell me what your pronouns are. If you use pronouns, get out. Go away. I don't want you here. You're an idiot. Non-binary woman, whatever the hell that means, is explaining how to use multiple pronouns all at once. Her pronouns? <laughs> First world problems. So do the same if somebody uses multiple pronouns. But then you might be asking, but what pronoun do I use then? Do I just use the first one? Do I kind of pick and choose? Well, yes to both of them. A lot of the time people will put their most preferred pronoun or their favorite pronoun at the start of the pronoun set and typically you should use that one most. However, that's not the same for everybody. So, to make sure that you affirm everybody, it's best to use the pronouns interchangeably. So, in one sentence, use the first pronoun, and in another sentence, uh, okay, use the okay, second okay. pronoun. Okay, shut up. I, no, I, you know what? It's just giving me a headache. Seriously giving me a headache. I mean, first of all, take a look at this idiot. Obviously, it doesn't matter what her pronouns are. Her pronouns should be get a life. Do you believe this bullshit? They actually think we're going to go along with this crap. Well, we're not. We're fighting back and it matters. And it's great that you are. And I have, I love, whenever I see them, I always share them because I love these stories. You know, these just stop oil protesters. Hmm. They've the ones that then, you know, been put throwing paint on art, laying down in the middle of the road, blocking traffic, including women trying to take their children to the hospital for an emergency. Well, they got a little taste of their own medicine. Ha! Climate activists in the US turned global warming into the hoax of global warming into a secular religion. Uh, what activists are doing in Europe represents just another level of public disruption. Across the pond, way over there, climate protesters storm museums, desecrate priceless pieces of art, others are blocking traffic in creative ways, in some cases the most hysterical among them have glued themselves to the pavement, requiring road crews to come chisel them out. In one case, someone lost a couple of fingers because of this idiocy. Well, People are fighting back, and good for you. One hilarious example. I love this. Stay tuned for this video. It is great. A Swedish dance company and a camera boom. In the end, no one was hurt, but some lessons were learned. Uh, check this out. Where is the video? I know it's here somewhere. Hang on. I got to find it. It's got to be here. Please tell me it's here. Hang on, just give me a break. Give me a second here. I am sure, oh please. This happened at a meeting of these morons. And I've got to find the link. Let me see if I've got the link. What they did was they took these balloons, helium balloons. 
Let's see if this is it. We'll see if this tweet has the video. I'm doing this live, so I, 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 here it is, here it is, here it is. Okay, you see these balloons? Attached to these balloons were these alarms, very loud alarms. Well, take a look at this meeting of these just stop oil morons and how these guys fought back. It's very loud. You see what happened? The balloons are all the way up on the ceiling, way up there. And that alarm is going off throughout the room. I know it's hard to hear, but that's the point. Oh, man. So, so they get these ladders, which don't even come close to reaching the ceiling of this giant. It looks like a church or a church hall because the ceiling is like way up there. There is no way those ladders are going to reach those balloons that are screaming up on the ceiling. So until the helium airs out, and that's going to be a while because that's a lot of balloons. They're screwed. <laughs> so there you go, climate activists. Have yourselves a nice day. The link to that's in our show notes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I love it. Fight back, folks. Don't put up with this crap. Do not put up with this crap. Fight back. All right. I got one piece of good news for you. It's a simple video of a, you know what a relayed race is, where you run up, go around, come back, touch the next runner in line, and they go, you run around, come back, touch the it, It's the thing we all did in grammar school and high school. Well, take a look at this. I love these stories, and it's all about, it's all about the good that people do when they care. Take a look at what happened here. There's a relay race going on. This guy's getting ready to go. He gets tagged. He runs up, runs around the pylon, comes back. Now watch this. Boom. The next guy in line in the wheelchair. That last runner grabs him, takes him around the pylon, and takes him in his wheelchair all the way back. Now, that is a hero. That is a hero. Wow. Love these stories. Fantastic. Okay, you ready? It's book time. We read books on this show. It's a freaky thing. Not many people do it. In fact, I don't know of anyone that does it besides me, and so there you go. Uh, we started out by reading all kinds of great uh, children's classical literature, Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, The Little Prince, and uh, then we switched things up a bit and started on George Orwell's 1984, because frankly, we're living it, folks, and it's amazing exactly how prophetic Orwell was when he wrote this. The more you read along with this book, the more you think we are living in Orwell's 1984. few years late, but we're there, friends. So we'll continue on now with George Orwell's 1984. 
How can I help it? He blubbered. How can I help seeing what's in front of my eyes? Two and two are four. Sometimes, Winston. Sometimes they're five. Sometimes they're three. Sometimes they're all of them at once. You must try harder. It's not easy to become sane. He laid Winston down on the bed. The grip of his limbs tightened again, but the pain had ebbed away and the trembling had stopped, leaving him merely weak and cold. O'Brien motioned with his head to the man in the white coat who had stood immobile throughout the proceedings. The man in the white coat bent down, looked closely into Winston's eyes, felt his pulse, laid an ear against his chest, tapping here and there. He then nodded to O'Brien. Again, said O'Brien. The pain flowed into Winston's body. The needle must be at seventy, seventy-five. He'd shut his eyes this time. He knew the fingers were still there and still four. All that mattered was somehow to stay alive until the spasm was over. He'd ceased to notice whether he was crying out or not. The pain lessened again. He opened his eyes, and O'Brien had drawn back the lever. How many fingers, Winston? Four. I suppose there are four. I would see five if I could. I'm, I'm trying to see five. Which do you wish? To persuade me that you see five, or really to see them? Really to see them. Again, said O'Brien. Perhaps the needle was eighty, ninety. Winston couldn't intermittently remember why the pain was happening. Behind his screwed-up eyelids, a forest of fingers seemed to be moving in a sort of dance, weaving in and out, disappearing behind one another, reappearing again. He was trying to count them. He couldn't remember why. He knew only that it was impossible to count them, and this was somehow due to the mysterious identity between five and four. The pain died down again. When he opened his eyes, it was to find out he was still seeing the same thing. Innumerable fingers, like moving trees, were still streaming past in either direction, crossing, recrossing. He shut his eyes again. How many fingers am I holding up, Winston? I don't know. I don't know. You will kill me if you do that again. Four, five, six. In honesty, I don't know. Better, said O'Brien. A needle slid into Winston's arm. Almost in the same instant, a blissful, healing warmth spread all over his body. The pain was already half forgotten. He opened his eyes, looked gratefully up at O'Brien, at the sight of the heavy, lined face so ugly and so intelligent, his heart seemed to turn over. If he could, if he could have moved, he would have stretched out a hand and laid it on O'Brien's arm. He'd never loved him so deeply as at this moment, and not merely because he'd stopped the pain, 
the old feeling that it bottom it did not matter whether O'Brien was a friend or an enemy had come back. O'Brien was a person who could be talked to. Perhaps one didn't want to be loved so much as to be understood. O'Brien had tortured him to the edge of lunacy, and in a while it was certain he would send him to his death. Made no difference. In some sense, that went deeper than friendship. They were intimates, somewhere or other, although the actual words might never be spoken. There was a place where they could meet and talk. O'Brien was looking down at him with an expression which suggested the same thought might be in his own mind. But when he spoke, it was in an easy, conversational tone. Do you know where you are, Winston? he said. I, um, I, I don't know. I, I can guess. The Ministry of Love. Do you know how long you've been here? I don't know. D days? Weeks? Months? I think it's months. And why do you imagine that we bring people to this place? To make them confess? No, that's not the reason. Try again. To punish them? No, exclaimed O'Brien. His voice changed extraordinarily, and his face had suddenly become both stern and animated. No, not merely to extract your confession, not to punish you. Shall I tell you why we've brought you here? To cure you, to make you sane. You will understand. Winston, no one whom we bring to this place ever leaves our hands uncured. We're not interested in these stupid crimes you've committed. The party is not interested in this overt act. The thought is all we care about. We do not merely destroy our enemies, we change them. Do you understand what I mean by that? He was bending over Winston. His face looked enormous because of its nearness and hideously ugly because it was seen from below. Moreover, it was filled with a sort of exultation, a lunatic intensity. Again, Winston's heart shrank. If it had been possible, he would have cowered deeper into the bed. He felt certain O'Brien was about to twist the dial out of sheer wantonness. At this moment, however, O'Brien turned away. He took a pace or two up and down, and then he continued less vehemently. The first thing for you to understand is that in this place there are no martyrdoms. You've read of the religious persecution of the past. In the Middle Ages, it was the Inquisition. It was a failure. It set out to eradicate heresy and ended by perpetuating it. For every heretic it burned at the stake, thousands of others rose up. Why was that? Because the Inquisition killed its enemies in the open, killed them while they were still unrepentant. In fact, it killed them because they were unrepentant. Men were dying because they would not 
abandon their true beliefs. Naturally, all the glory belonged to the victim, and all the shame to the inquisitor who burned him. Later, in the 20th century, there were the totalitarians, as they were called. They were the German Nazis, the Russian communists. The Russians persecuted heresy more cruelly than the Inquisition had done. They imagined they'd learned from the mistakes of the past. They knew at any rate that one must not make martyrs. Before they exposed their victims to public trial, they deliberately set themselves to destroy their dignity. They wore them down by torture solitude until they were despicable, cringing wretches confessing whatever was put in their mouths, covering themselves with abuse, accusing, sheltering behind one another, whimpering for mercy. And yet, after only a few years, the same thing had happened over again. The dead men had become martyrs, and their degradation was forgotten. Once again, why was it? In the first place, because the confessions they had made were obviously extorted and untrue. We do not make mistakes of that kind. All the confessions that are uttered are true. We make them true. And above all, we do not allow the dead to rise up against us. You must stop imagining that prosperity will vindicate you, Winston. Posterity will never hear of you. You'll be lifted clean out of the stream of history. We shall turn you into gas and pour you into the stratosphere. Nothing will remain of you. Not a name and a register not a memory in a living brain. You will be annihilated in the past as well as in the future. You will have never existed. Then why bother to torture me, thought Winston, with a momentary bitterness. O'Brien checked his step as though Winston had uttered the thought aloud. His large, ugly face came nearer with the eyes a little narrowed. You are thinking, he said, that since we intend to destroy you utterly, so that nothing that you say or can do will make the smallest difference, in that case, why do we go to the trouble of interrogating you first? Is that what you were thinking, was it not? Yes said Winston. O'Brien smiled slightly. You are a flaw in the pattern, Winston. You're a stain that must be wiped out. Did I not tell you just now that we were different from the persecutors of the past? We're not content with negative obedience, nor even with the most abject submission. When finally you surrender to us, it must be of your own free will. We do not destroy the heretic because he resists us. So long as he resists us, we never destroy him. We convert him. We capture his inner mind. We reshape him. 
We burn all evil and all illusion out of him. We bring him over to our side, not in appearance, but genuinely, heart and soul. We make him one of ourselves before we kill him. It is intolerable to us that an erroneous thought should exist anywhere in the world, however secret and powerless it may be. Even in the instance of death, we cannot permit any deviation. In the old days, the heretic walked to the stake, still a heretic, proclaiming his heresy, exulting in it. Even the victim of the Russian purges could carry rebellion locked up in his skull as he walked down the passage waiting for the bullet. But we make the brain perfect before we blow it out. The command of the old despotism was, Thou shalt not. The command of the totalitarians was, Thou shalt. Our command is, Thou art. No one whom we bring to this place ever stands out against us. Everyone is washed clean. Even those miserable traitors and those innocence in whose innocence you once believed. Jones, Aronson, Rutherford. In the end, we broke them down. I took part in their interrogation myself. I saw them gradually worn down, whimpering, groveling, weeping. And in the end, it was not with pain or fear, only with penitence. By the time we'd finished with them, they were only the shells of men. There was nothing left of them except sorrow for what they'd done. And love of Big Brother. It was touching to see how they loved him. They begged to be shot quickly, so they could die while their minds were still clean. His voice had grown almost dreamy. And that's where we'll pop it off for tonight. Wow. Man, this book. Absolutely amazing. Hey, don't forget, hit that follow button right over here. It really helps the show out a lot. It's free for you. Honestly, just take a second and hit that follow button. It really does help us out. We really, really genuinely appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will see you all again tomorrow. Ha, ha, ha.